The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. No, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place, Court Baton Rouge. You should support them because they support us. All right, Andrew got a fantastic guest. You know him, Stan Verrett, ESPN Sports Center, 1 p.m., 1 a.m. if you're on the East Coast, 11, 11 p.m. if you're on the West Coast. Stan is nice enough to join us because he is a die-hard, crazy Saints fan. Stan, I don't know if people know this. You still go to the Saints home games and road games, even though you're out on the West Coast. Is that correct? That's correct. Section 336 in the Superdome. I'm there every Sunday uh, for home games. Uh, I usually make uh, select few road games. I've got a lot of friends in Atlanta. I've got friends in Tampa. So I usually go to those games. So I average about, I would say, nine to ten games per season. Sometimes I'll miss a Thursday or a Monday you know, at home, but um, Super Bowl year is my record. I made 14 of the 19 games in the 2009 season, and, uh, you know, obviously for all Saints fans, it's, you know, greatest season ever. So I wanted to, once I, w- once I felt like they were going to, they were going to go all the way, I wanted to go as, to as many of those games as, as possible so I could have all those memories, you know. Stan, when did you know? When 2006 and, and Sean Payton and Drew Brees got it, when did you know as a Saints fan? Obviously, because you're you you you've been you're originally from New Orleans, so you know all this. History. When did you know that you're like, oh my God, this this is different. This this is this is a team that can win a Super Bowl. Did it did it? it was there a certain time where it, where as a, just a fan, it sort of hits you? There's uh there's actually I, I was actually I, I I went up to uh, the Saints played in. Uh, in uh, Oakland in a preseason game, uh, 2009 season, it just absolutely decimated the Raiders. Um, but I, I went as a guest of the team, and um, you know I, I was there with Rita LeBlanc and uh, and with uh, Mickey Loomis, and, and, and I was sitting talking to Mickey, and, and I told him, I said, look, I've been a Saints fan since I was a kid, and I don't ever remember a roster being this talented. Uh, I said, I, I don't know who you're going to cut. But you're gonna to have to cut some some guys who, who are pretty good, and and throughout the Saints' history, that's just never been the case. I mean, they were they, they still needed players when the regular season began, much less cutting talented players off the roster. And 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 I told Mickey that day, I said, I I, I think this is a Super Bowl team. This is as good a team as as the Saints have ever had. And I mean, I think this team has everything it takes to go all the way, you know. And um, I saw him, you know, after the game, after the Super Bowl win, I said, I told you in the preseason. <laughs> Uh, but 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 I actually started to, to to feel the vibe that you know that might be right um, after the game against Miami they got them to seven and zero in Miami and that great comeback after they got down um, and they came back and beat the Dolphins and you know the Super Bowls in Miami and I have a buddy who does a, a pregame show for the Dolphins and I told him I said I got a feeling I'm going to be back here uh, in January and so or February whenever it was and so uh, February yeah so he said uh. So he said, really? I said, yes, you know, 7-0, man. You know, this team just they, just, they just keep finding a way to win. And so I got back to work, and I said, look, I'm going to need the whole week off following the Super Bowl. <laughs> so the guy who does our schedules for SportsCenter, he's like, hey, man, so you got a feeling about the Saints. I guess that's what it is. I'm like, yeah, and I just want to be prepared because if they win it, I'm going to need the full week. <laughs> Stan, off-season question about the Saints. When Jimmy, when you when you saw Jimmy Graham got traded, maybe because you're ESPN guy, you – 
got it ahead of us or whatever. But when you when you saw it, what, what was your initial reaction to it? Um, look, I you know you you can't argue with what what Jimmy produced on the field. I mean, he was uh you know he's he's a big part of the offense, but. If you if you look at you know some of those key games that people cite all the time when they you know, when they talk about it I mean there there are games big games where where he, he didn't produce as much as he would have liked to now I'm sure behind the scenes there may have been some injuries involved with that um, teams were certainly game planning to try to take him out but but I think if you look back at last season the game in Pittsburgh where Drew Brees throws five touchdown passes to five different receivers. And Graham not only didn't have a touchdown, he didn't have a catch in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think when the Saints brass looked at that, they're like, okay, you know, um, this offense can can function without him. And then it became, uh, okay, what kind of value can we get? Okay, so then they got first place center, position of need on the team, um, because you know that rush was just right in Breeze's face all season last year. Okay, so so you get that sorted out, and then with you know, some of the cap flexibility you have, you can go out, you get Browner, you get Spiller, um, you know, and then you get a draft pick. I mean, so it's – if you look at it as a four-for-one in that way, I mean, it's it's hard to argue with it. Now, I also happen to be very bullish on Josh Hill. I think he's a great athlete who I think is really going to surprise people this season with, with what he can do in that offense, and I think Spiller – is going to be phenomenal. I mean, I, I don't know if there's a better fit for the Saints offense than the, the C.J. Spiller. I mean, he can run the Pierre Thomas plays. He can run the Darren Sproles plays. He can run the Reggie Bush plays. I mean, he can he can do a lot of what needs to be done in that offense. Mm-hmm. And with him and Ingram was saying, the Saints really were missing a back like that last year. And- and and, and Stan, yeah. you're exactly right. We had Mike Dettelier on. We've had uh, Heath Evans on, and they, I think, they both said C.J. Spiller is maybe the biggest key to the Saints' off season because he fills the matchup void that Jimmy Graham did, that Reggie Bush did. So, I mean, you're, I think you're right on. I think C.J. Spiller is a, is a huge key um, to the to the Saints. Prospects in 2016. What do you think about Rob Ryan with Dennis Allen coming back? Is that a is that a powder keg that we should worry about? Uh, I, I mean, I hope not. But I mean, I mean, that's I mean, that's secondary last year. I mean, it was just abysmal. I mean, it started with Patrick Robertson, and then it was Corey White. I mean, I mean, they 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 lost games literally. I mean, like. Not not very often in in games can you just point to a single play and say okay that's why they lost the game. But there were there were plays like that over and over and over again. And and, it, and look, the pass rush wasn't what it needed to be oftentimes. But there were other just just serious breakdowns in the secondary. The loss to Detroit with the with the whiff against Golden Tate and he goes in for a touchdown. And then the the, the third and long against the against the the Bengals with with uh, AJ Green. And then. The, the 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 fiasco with Kaepernick scrambling around and throwing up what looked like a punt, you know, for a completion in in a game that should have been put away, you know. So so the secondary, I mean, you know, look, Dennis Allen was there Super Bowl year, is that correct? Two thousand nine. That's right. You know, so 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 anybody you can bring back from that year, I'm good with it. You know, um, look, D- Darren Sharper made a lot of plays back there, and some of that is just his natural ball hawking ability. I mean, you know, he's he's uh. He's one of the great free safeties of all time um, in terms of interceptions and, and his ability to make plays on the ball. Now, you know, J- Jarris Bird you know, had those similar skills in Buffalo. He displayed the same thing. And so I, I don't know how much of Sharper's success was related to Dennis Allen, but I, I like the fact that you have a guy with that sort of ability, that sort of proven ability, who is, who is very much like what Darren Sharper was when he came to the Saints, but a little younger. And with the coach who who, who helped create that. Yeah. Well, because, Stan, Stan you know, I want to ask you something turn, about. Uh, yeah, sorry, turnovers, go, ahead. go ahead. Turnovers were such, turnovers were such a key to that season um, that, that that's what they have to do now. And a part of that is pass rush, but a part of that is just is just making plays on the ball. And so many times the secondary, you know, I'm yelling, turn around, <laughs> turn around. Man. If the guy just turns around and makes a play on the ball, it's an interception. But but they're running with their with their hands up. 
and and it's either a, a completion or a face guarding penalty, or you know, a pass interference penalty. Yeah. Well, I want your perspective, and, and hey, this is Andrew from Saints Nation, and, and thank you so much, by the way, for your support um, the last couple of years on Twitter and everything. It's been awesome. Um, but um, I want to ask your perspective to take a step back real quick. And as a fan, and, and you're a little bit older than me, but growing up as a, as a fan in the early 80s, and really my first memories um, were, you know, the 86 and the 87 season, which was the first playoff season. And Ralph and I both, I mean, we're kind of like you. We were Saints fans out of the womb. Um, but we yep. have a lot of new Saints fans, and you know, as a blogger, uh, you know, so going to high school. When I was going to high school, and I'm sure you experienced this some too. I mean, the Cowboys and the Niners were winning Super Bowls, and so many yep. of the of the kids I went to high school with were fans of those teams. And as a Saints fan, that was so disheartening to me because I felt like, how could you not be a Saints fan being here in New Orleans? And now you fast forward to now, you know, and as a blogger that's out there and and, and kind of experiencing the fan base. You see guys popping up out of Asia, out of Africa, out of the Netherlands, out of Europe. I mean, all over the place. I mean, you, it, the Saints have really become, and obviously success breeds fans, but it, it's really become an international brand. And that's pretty cool for someone like me who in the 80s experienced fans, you people in, in his own hometown they weren't supportive of the Saints. And so curious, I mean, you, you yeah. kind of have an even larger perspective on that being both a kid that grew up in New Orleans as a Saints fan, but also now working in international media. So curious what, what you think about all that. Well, first of all, I, I think Katrina contributed to a lot of that, that, that like people really got to know New Orleans and by extension got to know the Saints. Um, during Katrina and, and, and what the team means to the community and, and the bond that was there. And then I think, you know, people were just rooting for our city in general. You know, they, they just, there was just this grounds where, I mean, it was so sad and so many people dealt with so many um, bad things, you know, with that, that I think there was this groundswell of support for just New Orleans in general. Because I think people who, people who visit New Orleans, realize how special it is very quickly. And um, and so I think people were rooting for us. And so, you know, by extension, they began rooting for the Saints. And then, you know, Saints have had, you know, such such good guys. You know, Drew Brees is easy to root for. You know, Marcus Colston is easy to root for. You know, and, you know, there was a whole, there was a whole bounty thing. But, but, but by and large, you know, the Saints have been a team – of guys who are easy to root for, and and I think that contributed to it, especially with, with Drew as the face of the franchise, you know. So, but man, I tell you, there were some, there were some days when I was a kid. That one in fifteen season, I went to every single game. Oh, wow. And stayed to the end, and oh. stayed to the end. And the one win was a twenty-one twenty win over the Jets on the road. <laughs> they they never won a game at home, but I stayed to the end of every game, and that's when I made my vow. I'm like, I want to stay to the end. Oh, and I want to experience this misery in all of its misery so that when, when the glory days finally come, I can say I earned it as a fan, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, I've been at the NBA Finals uh, this past weekend, you know, and, and watching the Warriors fans and everything. And, you know, it, it's always fun to me to watch fans of other teams, you know, and just, just see how they get into it, see the culture of their teams and everything. But every time I go, it makes me want to be in the Superdome. Like, I want to be a fan again right now. I want to be in the Superdome, not working, just watching the game, enjoying it with the rest of the Houdat Nation. You know? Well, the thing is with with the Saints is is you know if you're under if you're under 25, Stan, you don't really have a appreciation for how bad the Saints were. I mean, it's a long time ago. I mean, they, they were mediocre under Hazlitt, and they were bad under Dicka. But I mean. The 70s and the early 80s, that's a long time ago. And they have a, a whole generation of Saints fans. They don't, under, they don't understand that, like, the Saints, no. they didn't win. They didn't even win in the season for 20 years. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. The, the, before, before, we let you get, before we get you out of here, Stan, I want to ask you, um, social media on ESPN, you know, it used to be, you know, if – there's a lot of pressure on ESPN people, obviously, because you're doing millions of people. But now, they have websites dedicated to screw-ups, pranks that people play uh, on you guys. If they, like they did to Scott Van Pelt, somebody called in and got through. I mean, how does that change 
what you do now as opposed to when you were at Channel 6, maybe? The social media aspect um, of it? You know, I mean, look, I, I, I try not to walk around paranoid about <laughs> stuff like that. Like, you know, if somebody, if somebody gives you, hey, man, they got you, you know? Um, but, you know, I try not to walk around paranoid. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a normal person who does normal person things who just happens to work on television. And I think most people understand that. You know, there's some people who don't. But, you know, you can be, you can be a quote-unquote target at times. But, you know, but some of that is so dramatic sometimes. I think, I think it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of overblown. I mean, I, I hear people, you know, and, and I don't know if it makes them feel more important or it makes them feel more famous or whatever, you know. But I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a regular person, so I don't ever assume somebody's out to get me or somebody's out to, you know, like, you know, who is time for that, you know? So, so I don't really worry about it. I mean, I deal with incidents as they come up, as they happen, but, you know, it's no way to live walking around worried about stuff all the time. Like, you know, we were, we were in Oakland, you know, uh, for, for the NBA finals this past weekend, and there were some incidents in Oakland, like people breaking in cars and, and stealing cameras and stuff from media people, you know? Um, and, you know, in, in, in general, I think if you just, if you just don't take yourself too seriously, interact with people the right way, and, and you know, that stuff goes a long way. Um, and, and then, you know, you just have to be aware of, of, of things. But I just, you know, I don't subscribe to the, to, to the paranoia aspect of it where, like, you know, people are out to get you or anything like that. All know? right. Stan. But look, I, I, I can talk thank you. No, you gave us way more time than we expected. I'm going to give you five, you and Andrew, five rapid-fire Saints questions. It's over-under, so let's go. Uh, Brandon Cooks, over-under, 1,100 yards. Over. Uh, uh, I worry about durability with him, but I'm going to say over. It's breakout season. Ingram, over-under, 1,000 yards. Uh, under. I'm going to say under two. I think from a pure, if, I think what you saw last year is, is about maxed out for Ingram. All right. Next two questions are the, to me, the biggest two questions on offense. C.J. Spiller over under seventy catches. Uh, under. I'm going to say way over. Ooh. Josh Hill over under fifty catches. That's the number I knew you were going to come with. <laughs> I'm going to say over. I like over. I like it. And final one, Saints D over under 42 and a half sacks. Uh, if, if if the kid from Washington comes along as quickly as as it seems he could, now nah, I'm still going to go under. I'm still <laughs> going to go under. I, I I just don't think they got. Saved. All right, and final one, over under nine and a half wins. Over. I, yeah, I'm hope I'm going over. I think they're going to surprise some people this year, and the NFC South is still weak. And final question, Stan. I know you get this probably a hundred times a day, but uh, Neil Everett. He's not on Twitter. We have eighty dollars that we raised from a campaign to get us a new computer for this podcast. We have eighty dollars left over. I will <laughs> donate it to Neil's favorite charity if he gets on Twitter. Well, he always told me. I'm going to wait until people start getting paid to be on Twitter, and then I'm going to do it. I said, well, look, they're already – I'm sure Kim Kardashian gets paid to be on Twitter. I said, so all you got to do is just build up your profile so you have as many followers as her, and boom, you're in there. People will pay you to tweet, you know. <laughs> um, so I'm, 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 I'm going to talk to them about it. Well, you think um, – Well, you know, but, but going back to things, let me, let me just say one more thing about the thing. The only thing I'm worried about is that third receiver. Who's – is it going to be Shontavious Jones? Is it going to be – uh, uh, Nick Toon, finally, is it going to be Brandon Coleman? Who's going to step up and be that third receiver? I think that's the that's the big hole because, yeah. you know. Not, Col- not getting Colston Greg Jennings and, was tough. Yeah, I mean, Colston and Cooks, I mean, that, that's a good starting point. But if but if one of those young guys can really become a significant contributor, I mean, that, that could really take that offense to the next level because if you think about it, you know, you got to put – you got you got to think seriously if you're a defense coordinator – about 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 who you want covering Cooks. You, you you almost certainly need to put your fastest corner on Cooks, okay? And then you got to be real careful with who Spiller's finding out of the backfield. Probably don't want a linebacker there. You may not even want a safety there. So you may need your number two corner to keep an eye on Spiller, okay? So then you get to Colston with with maybe your third cover guy, who he who he can be, 
and then if one of these young guys get and they're getting your fourth cover guy, then then that's going to cause all kinds of problems because then you got to deal with Josh Hill. You know? do you feel, and you got to deal with Ben Watson. Stan, know? do you feel good enough about the Saints' third or fourth receiver to pick them in fantasy? I don't play fantasy football because if I did, my whole team would be the Saints. So, I mean, it's like, like – What's wrong like, with okay, that? Let, I mean, look, let's say – Yeah, Stan, I'll tell you, I, I, have, a, uh, I have a non-negotiable I, – I, I don't pick Falcons no matter what. That was, that's always my example. Let's say I'm playing fantasy football, and Julio Jones is right there for the picking, and it makes perfect sense for my team. Pass. I can't do that. <laughs> I cannot do it. I can't root for any. I can't root. I can't root for anybody else, but especially not Falcons. Can't do it. See, this is this people never doubt this man Saints bona fides. This man is a diehard New Orleanian to the core. Stan, thanks so I much. I didn't even know he went to every home I game. Do, it's amazing. In a one in fifty, one in fifteen year. That's impressive. You should get it. You should get like a sports purple heart for that. That is. <laughs> no, that, and, and here's the other thing. Here's the other, I had to catch the bus because oh. my dad was like, "I'm not paying good money to go see that." Wow. <laughs> that, that is, and, that, and, and so he had a one man protest, and I'd be like, "Dad, really?" He's like, "So I had to catch the bus, you know." And so I would catch the bus, but it was like it was a highlight of my week. I mean, because you know, like. In New Orleans, I mean, you know, we're a small town disguised as a big city. And so when, you know, when there's an NFL game there and we're playing the Giants, hey, man, we're just as important as New York. Or we're playing the Fortnite. We're just as important as San Francisco. Like, you guys don't have anything on us. You got a team. We got a team. What's now, your, fr- your team's probably going to kill us, but still, <laughs> we got a team. What's your f- last question, I promise? For your first Saints memory that you have in your head. I, I just remember I was I was a kid watching at a, at a relative's house, and I just remember Alvin Maxson running the ball, running back, who was there in like in the early 70s. And I just remember Alvin, I, I think that was the first game that I actually sat down and watched, and Alvin Maxson had a really good game. I'm like, man, I like that guy, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and then and then I just got hooked. I might have been like five or six at wow. the time. And then I think when I was maybe like six or seven, my mom got me a Saints uniform, helmet and everything, you know? And I can't tell you how many backyard touchdowns I scored for the Saints uh, in that in that uniform. And when I outgrew it, I mean, I was ridiculous. I mean, I outgrew it, but I was, like, still wanted to wear it, you know. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I just got hooked at, at that young age. I mean, and it really influenced my career choice because, you know, I realized early on sports was a thing for me. And then, you know, I got to St. Aug, and I realized I was never going to play for the Saints, let alone, I was never going to play for St. Aug, really. <laughs> and, so, and so I probably wasn't ever going to play for the Saints or LSU East, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's always been my thing. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, I'm a rational human being with the exception of the Saints and golf. Other than that, I'm a, I'm a perfectly rational human being. But, you know, those are my two obsessions. Stan, I can't, I can't thank you enough. You gave us way more time than we asked for. Um, we may even ask you back when the Saints are undefeated in October and uh, Leonard Fournette is the Heisman leader. That sounds good to me. <laughs> that sounds Thanks, great. Stan. Anytime, Appreciate man. it, man. Thanks. Anytime. Thanks. All right. All right. We are joined now by Dave Cariello and Kevin Held. Um, the Saints normally on June don't have any news. But let me talk full of Saints news today. Um, Kevin, I'm going to start with Junior Gallette. Um, Just when you thought he couldn't be any dumber, he maybe topped himself. Um, Your thoughts on the uh, Junior Gallette uh, Instagram? Hopefully, dude. Look. Look, I watched this thing again before we started recording, and because of our uh, technical issues, that gave me a chance to watch it about six more times. Um, first of all, this thing looks like it was shot and recorded uh, and played back flip phone. In, on a goddamn on a goddamn 1986 Betamax, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Zapruder. I mean, no, no, no. It makes the Zapruder film look like fucking H. Look like uh, IMAX for Christ's sake! <laughs> and then second of all, I can barely understand what the hell him and his buddies are yelling at. I mean, I know they cuss. They I know that stuff, shit. That like, shit needs to come with subtitles. <laughs> right? Like I don't understand it. 
I don't understand what they're yelling at. I mean, I mean, it, I mean it, who is slapping their baby? My wife is pumped. The Astros just tied the game. I mean, does it look stupid? Yeah, but fuck, I don't know. I mean, I can't hear him making any threats, so I don't fucking know. I don't know what he's at. What am I supposed to be mad at? Him acting like an idiot? Eh. I don't know. Um, Dave, I fought with people on Twitter when he may or may not have a pec injury, and people were like, "It'll be fine. He's not that good. Sacks don't matter." And I was like, the dude has 25% of the Saints sacks the last two years. The Saints struggle sacking the quarterback. And people are arguing with me that it's going to be fine. They'll just scheme it away if he's injured. How much does people hating on Junior Gallette have to do with we just don't like the guy? I think he's definitely lost a good bit of love uh, with Saints fans this, this offseason. Um you know, b- between the domestic violence incident that wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't charged. Uh-huh. You know, the alleged, you know, no criminal charges were filed, and uh, and then getting injured and possibly needing season-ending surgery, uh, and getting three opinions, and then posting this Instagram, this nonsensical Instagram video, which, by the way, I think, you know, Kevin hit the nail on the head. I mean. I, 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 I really, I don't know what I'm supposed to be getting mad at. I mean, some of his friends are saying "fuck Sean." We're we're assuming they're referring to Sean Payton. Should be, should be uh, Sean Puffy Combs. Should be Sean Pamphlin. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think we're making a little bit of a mountain out of a molehill. I mean, uh, look, I, I agree. With with if, if they if they meant Pamphlin, then I wholeheartedly agree could with be Sean that. You don't know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, not, yeah, Sean Knight would be another yeah. excellent candidate. Could be Sean John. They didn't need. They didn't mean Pamphlin, but I mean, Gillette needs to stop hanging out with these guys if Sean he's really going to take this, this shit seriously. <laughs> he's definitely not talking about Sean. <laughs> uh, so it's it's. I, I am. I'm one of those Saints fans. I think where it's just like I'm. I'm starting to. I'm, I'm losing respect for the guy. But and, and, and I and I and if, and if he. And if he winds up playing the season, if he if, if he doesn't have season-ending surgery, uh, and and he goes out there and he plays well, then obviously all is going to be forgiven. But right now, well, I, I still don't. Think no, he's done see, enough. I disagree with that. I I mean, I, I, I think anything short of him breaking the all-time NFL sack record, this is Gallette's final well, season but, but on the thing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with I get you don't like him. I get that he's a knucklehead. I. And he shouldn't be kept. I get all that, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're our roster guy, break the film down guy, and I'll, I'll, you know, acquiesce to your thoughts. But my thought is this: the Saints suck at getting to the quarterback. Okay. Yep. yep. Gallette is their best pass rusher they have the last two years. That's not arguable. If you want to argue sacks don't matter, if you want to argue this or that, he's the best pass rusher they have. Don't tell me they sucked with they sucked with him. They'll they'll they won't be any worse without him. That's bullshit. They need Galette to get them ten sacks. If he's a guy that's going to be injured for most of the year or whatever, this team you just add another question of. Who's going to get to the quarterback on third down to the other six questions we have about the Saints? Yeah, no, I think it, it would be like saying we just went 7-9 and nine with Drew Brees, so losing Drew Brees wouldn't be that big of a deal, right? I mean, that, that, that's, that's what I, I equate that to. I mean, you, you, you can remove – you have a mediocre season, and then you, you can make the argument that you remove – the best asset of that team, and it wouldn't hurt and, that bad. But the but the point is, it can always get worse. And it can al- it, it can potentially get much worse. And scheme and, can't pick, fix everything. That's what yeah. But say. but the one point I'll make about this is that I I agree with you, Ralph, and I think you can't separate what a guy does on the field. And, and there is some locker room stuff. You know, there's some other stuff where Golad is maybe a problem, and yeah. so you got to evaluate that too. But you cannot separate a guy's you ha- or you have to separate a guy's ability on the field versus your personal feelings about him as a person. And regardless of how any of us feel about Gallette, I personally don't love the guy. Um, that doesn't mean he's a bad football player. Those are separate things. Right. And 
I, but I will say this. I think you look at the draft and you look at who the Saints have picked up this offseason with Anthony Spencer, uh, you know, Kikaha, Davis Tull. They, they, I still think they need Gallette, and I still think this bet, that his defense is better off with him on the field. But I think with the moves they've made, they are more set up to absorb him being gone, if not this year, certainly in the future as those guys develop than they were last year. Yeah. And so I think if you compare those two, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's one thing where hopefully a year from now they can let him go. All right, fun question, Kevin. I'll start with you. How many sacks does Junior Gallette have to have to go from the fans thinking he's an ass to thinking he's eccentric again? Huh. What did he have last year? Ten. Oh, he's got to he's got to ease he's got to eclipse ten without without question. I'd say I'd say like fourteen. Dave. Uh, at least ten. I would say twelve, and the fans would would forget and just think he's a little nutty. Andrew, how many sacks? Did he uh, yeah, I think it's two pronged. I don't think it's just sacks. I think he's got to get more than ten. So I think it's got to be like fifteen. But it has to be coupled. 15. But it, but it has to be coupled with team success. You know, in other words, if he has a 15-sack season but the Saints suck again, then they're just going to be like, oh, just get rid of Gallette. It doesn't matter anyway. So, I, you know, I, I think his, he, he has soured people on his attitude so much that now his only saving grace is a monster season statistically combined with the team winning. I think you're, I think you're right, Andrew, but I think I – think if the team wins and he doesn't get at least a dozen sacks, people are going to we'll be still like, hate him. We'll still yeah. hate him. Like he's got to, yeah. he's got to, he's got to get twelve sacks, and he's got to, and they're going to be like. He needs to get the mother load. Yeah, and he's got to only, it's only hope. And and the thing is with him, his knuckleheadness, like he doesn't like he, the Saints can't cut him now or trade him now because it'll decimate their cap. But man, he, that's the only reason he's on this team is his contract. He's got not too much rope. Like he might even be a guy where if he would have 11 sacks this year or 12, the Saints might look to ship him out. Yeah. You know. Um, they already tried to this off season. Uh, all right, uh, Dave. The Saints re-signed Cameron Jordan. Um, your thoughts on the deal he got? I, I was I was really surprised that they gave him such a long term, big money contract, and and I guess they they know him better than I do, and obviously we all hope that's true. Um, but I, I just I just don't see that kind of money out on the field. I don't see him playing like that. Is he good? Yeah. Is he one of the Saints' better defensive players? Yeah. But um, I don't ever I don't think he's ever been a dom. Well, two years ago he he had a great season, but I mean, last season, he, he certainly he was a dominating defensive guy on the line. I mean, you're getting paid that kind of money, you need to be dominating. You need to be getting double teams, and, and, and you need to be getting game planned for, and you need to be getting 15 sacks a year on a regular basis, or at least 12 sacks a year, and I, I didn't, how many sacks did he have last year? Seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, you're giving the guy $60 million for five years? I, I just I didn't get it when I when I read that news, my really and truly my immediate response was really Kevin before I really? get to, before I get to Andrew who's just gonna destroy, really he's gonna de- Andrew's just waiting to destroy Dave on this I can I can, <laughs> I, can, I, can I can feel the rage but Kevin what did you think of the contract how much how much is it again sixty sixty for five years thirty I think it's fifty five for six but the, it could escalate if he hits like incentives. I guess I look at it like uh, <clears throat> a couple of days ago, and you'll have to pardon me. I'm fighting a uh, a cold here. Um, a couple of days ago, I'm listening to the radio, and guys are talking about you know baseball players because really in 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 this town, that's all they fucking talk about. The Blues could be in the Stanley Cup Finals now, and they'll find a way to pivot it into the goddamn Cardinals. But anywho. Uh, it becomes oh why are, why is this pitcher and why is that pitcher why are they why, how did how did this guy get a hundred million dollar deal he only won like fifteen games or whatever and somebody raised the point that that the market and times have changed that 
if you hit certain things, if you hit certain markers, and these are markers that are not what we would look at as phenomenal, but if you hit certain markers and you're, you're proven to be, you know, tough and durable and you can get certain things done, that when the time comes, the team would rather overpay you than to send you away and have to worry and have to scramble to find, you know, in, in, in the case of a pitcher, another starter. So in the case of Cameron Jordan, it's they'd rather overpay probably to hang on to him than let him go to another huh. team. And yeah. Possibly Atlanta. Andrew, the floor yes. is yours. No, I think it was. Uh, hang on, guys. I have to call the police. I think I'm hearing somebody getting shot in the alley behind my house. Oh, is that a joke? No, I shit you not. <laughs> Jesus God. Christ, hell, move for Christ's sake. Well, first videotape it and then call the cops. Lock yourself in the closet. We have. We may have had our first murder on the. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you should be joking about I don't that. No, it's not. It's, it's only funny because it might not be true. Uh, yeah. Should I keep going? You or should keep we... going. I don't know how to segue back to the, yeah. the, Cam, the, the well, Cam Jordan contract. Well, no, Andrew was supposed to be ripping me a new one. He was. Yeah, he yeah I don't know if after, uh, I don't know, the corpse in Kevin's alleyway, I, I don't know if I can, <laughs> I don't know if I can summon the, uh, the fire inside of me again. But no, I, I think with, with Jordan, I, the main thing is there, there's no situation where he's a liability on the field. Regardless of the assignment, regardless of the down, regardless of the distance, he can be in the game. Mm -hmm. You can ask him to rush the passer. You can ask him to stop the run. You can ask him to hold the line of scrimmage up, take on a double team, bat down a pass. He, he's got so many skills in his game and no clear weaknesses. Um, there's very few players in the NFL that fit that description. And I think if but you he's look a, at but he's, but, but Dave, you're not you're not seeing the whole picture. I, I think there's you look at the you look you're at the elite pass rushers. You're, you're basically saying he's mediocre. You're basically saying he's a, a not at all. I'm saying he's a good. He's very good at he everything he does. He has a lot of he skills, does. but he's master at none. He's an elite run defender. He's an I he's think an he's elite, elite run defender. He's an yeah, elite absolutely. run defender, three four end. And it, absolutely. And, and here's the thing, Dave. If elite. Elite. Yes. You're throwing out a, 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 a term like elite with a guy that had seven, seven. But and that's a half not. But that's. But that, that's exactly it, Dave. You're like every other fan that goes to the box score and looks at stats. How many sacks did he have last year? And takes that as the measure of how good a here's, defensive here's end. Here's the question for you, Dave. I guess. How well did the Saints do at stopping the run? Where did they finish as far as? He's one player. Here's the. Here's uh, the we're talking. Go Dave, ahead, Dave, Dave. I guess here's the question for you. If you don't think he's worth five for 55 or 5 for 60, would you be okay if he had 13 sacks, or let's not even do 13, if he had 11 sacks, which wouldn't even be a career high, if he had 11 sacks this year and played the run like he's done his whole career, and oh, by the way, never missed a start, availability is a huge deal in the NFL, would you be okay with him going to Atlanta for $80 million and $42 million guaranteed? Because that's what he'd get, and I guarantee Atlanta would fall over themselves. Like, he's You not, think that Atlanta would sign him for $80 million? Dave, he's an elite runner. How, how much did that guy for Minnesota, I forget his name, how much? It was Everson Griffin. What was his name? Everson Griffin? Yeah, how, many, how, many, how much did he get? He got $24 million guaranteed. And how many – what's the best season he's ever had, like eight sacks? Eight and a half sacks. Yeah. Like, the thing is – Dude, dude, good defensive ends that can do it all, like, they don't exist in this league, here's Dave. The thing, here's the thing, too, Dave. He hasn't missed a start. And I know you're like, well, it doesn't miss – hadn't missed a start. But the thing is, that makes him in the Saints' eyes – No, that's eyes, valuable. In the Saints' eyes and other teams' eyes, they say, you know what? We can overpay a little – because he's going to be healthy all the time. So worst case scenario is he's not quite what we hope for, but he's going to be a really good, solid starter every yeah. week. No, I, you're, the, you're the last, bottom line is you're he's not a guy that you he, he's not he's not a guy that's just going to set the world on fire. But you need if you had ten if you had five guys on your defense like him, you would have a dominant defense. And the bottom line is he's a productive player. 
He's not going to carry your defense, okay? So you still need good linebackers. You still need good coverage guys. He's not going to do it all on his own. But I go back to my point. You look at the elite pass rushers. There's just no one is built like J.J. Watt except J.J. Watt. If you look at the elite pass rushers, they can't play the run. You look at the elite run defenders, they can't rush the passer. He can do both. There's just there's nothing out there in the league. You, you could count them on one hand, the guys that have his, his skills and his versatility. Well, Dave, what, would, what do you think I'm, would have been fair for him then? I'm not so – I have no idea. I have no idea. I haven't looked at – I haven't looked at contracts of other defensive ends around the league. What does J.J. Watt get paid? He's the th- basically Cam, Cam Jordan's contract is the third most guaranteed money. He's behind J.J. Watt. Mario, Mario he, Williams. No, he's behind, he's, he's behind J.J. Watt. Well, yeah, Ma- Mario Williams. I guess J.J. Watt, Mario Williams, and the guy for the L.A. The, I mean, the Rams. Oh, Robert uh, Quinn. Yeah, Quinn. Yeah. Those three guys are, 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 to me, they're on another level. They're on a, a, on a higher level. And I'm not saying – I just I'm, – I'm just not convinced. I'm, I'm really not convinced. You know, you, 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 if, he, if he's getting paid that high, he should be carrying a defense, as Andrew put well, it. Well, the thing you, is, though, you got to – You're paying well, all, this money, all this money to a guy who's not going to carry your defense. But the bottom line, Dave, is that you're retaining a good player – and no player in the NFL is is compensated fairly. You know, most most guys that are paid contracts like these never live up to them, and most guys that make really poor contracts are underpaid. And that's just the reality of the NFL. But you want to be in a business of retaining key players that are good. I that's mean, the, the bottom only line. thing, the only way I think this contract is a, is a disaster is if he gets injured. Yeah. And I mean that that you can't predict. I mean the thing that makes the the thing, but if he duplicates 2012 this year, then this contract was a steal because he would have gotten way more than that on the oh, open you market. Mean 2013. Yeah, sorry, 2013. If he duplicates that season, his Pro Bowl year, then on an open market, if he doesn't get franchise tag, he would have weighed way more than this contract. Yeah, I mean, like if he if he if he duplicates his 2013 season, then that's the kind of play that I would be fine with getting this kind of money. But because he's already sure. done that once, but I'm not so sure not, that he's the kind of guy who's going to continue to do that for years and years. What you about know, this? Thing? But it's years. not it's not like a Will Smith thing, or I mean, it could be, but it's not like I'm Charles Grant or Will Smith where he's had weight issues. Like that, he's in good shape. He keeps his weight at a. He he to me, he's less of a warning sign than a Charles not, Grant who gets fat and happy. Dave, would I, you I, be don't, okay? I don't think me, I don't think Cameron Jordan is, is in any danger of being overweight. Well, yeah. Dave, let me ask you so this. That, that, I mean, uh, you can't predict injury, but I think from a weight perspective, you know, he's a guy that will be able to maintain that. Let me ask you this, Dave. What if he? What if he? Let's say he doesn't. I think 2013 is a, is a little bit high for him as far as sacks. And what if? What if he the next two years, Dave, starts every game, plays his normal very good to elite against the run and has 18 sacks, nine each year, would that be enough for you to say, eh, that's a pretty good contract? That's like really kind of on the cusp there, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, well, but, on the cusp but, is okay. Well, I, I guess that that may be true. Uh, you know, my, my biggest thing out of, out of all of that, really, and I think what's most important, is, is the playing every game. I mean, staying healthy. Uh, that's such a rarity in the NFL, and that, that definitely uh, adds value to a contract because you get the most right, hell, out of him. Hell's back. What, what's going on in St. Louis, Kevin? Uh, no clue. Just heard a bunch of shots. Great. And uh, seriously, um, we, we we need to get we need to start a a go. I mean, how do you fund. know it wasn't fireworks? We need because it's June. Uh, it's fucking June. It's well, we fucking need, June eighth. We need a GoFundMe. We need to do a GoFundMe to get Held out of his um, dilapidated neighborhood that he lives in. Held, how much money do you need to get out from under this uh, this uh, shack that you purchase? Or at least purchase, or at least, or at least purchase a panic room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, I have a basement, so you know. I mean, that's you know, I'm okay in that regard. Uh, I'm you know, just I'm, I'm doing all right. Like I just I, 
I'll be I'll be all right. I'll be all right. If if I if I listen, if I if I eliminate my debt, I I I will be able to sell the house and uh, move out of this neighborhood. All right. Well, this isn't the Dave Ramsey before, show. Before so let's tw- move on. For before twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> before twenty. Before twenty. Yes. It'll be before twenty twenty. Right. Andrew, we got to finish up the bracket of the best Peyton draft pick ever. Yeah. What, what, where are we? It's it. We're in the finals, baby. This is it. Who is it? I forget. Jari Evans against Marcus Colston. I vote. I vote Colston. I vote Colston. Dave. All right. Good. I, I was. I was worried that this is that that this is like going to be a two 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 vote, and we were going to have to have somebody on Twitter decide uh, our entire contest. But definitely Colston. Uh, he leads the Saints in. Uh, Points for a non-kicker, points scored. He leads. He's the touchdown franchise touchdown leader. He's the franchise receiving yards leader. Uh, you know, Jari Evans is a great guard. He's made the Pro Bowl many years over. Uh, uh, but Marcus Colston has been those once-in-a-lifetime players and once-in-a-lifetime wide receivers, and he's and he's done it all and been the anti-Junior Gillette. Uh, <laughs> I saw something Saints tweeted out that he had the fourth most touchdowns since 06. And it was like the four people above him were like surefire Hall of Famers. It was like Gates, Fitzgerald, and somebody else. I can't remember. He has quietly just, you know, done his job and been one of the best players. Um, really, I one of the best receivers I think the NFL has ever seen. And he was drafted. Oh, God, come on. Fourth. Come on, on what? He's a great receiver. The best and receiver I, I, the NFL has never ever seen. He's never been to a Pro Bowl. One of. How and can he? How can he be the best receiver the NFL has ever seen when he hasn't even been the best receiver in the league any year since he's been in in the NFL? No, he's Mick, making a Pro Bowl. Well, I say one of. I, don't, I didn't say how many. I, That's I could ridiculous. Mean, well, let me ask you. Uh, look, I, could, I love I, I love Colston more than anyone, but the best receiver the league has ever seen. He hasn't even been the best receiver ever one year. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I, I didn't say the best, the best. I said one of the best. There have been thousands and thousands well, of what's players. Your, what's and your, you what's your sample size? Like, like he's not 40, one of the one, 40. He's not a top 40, no. Well, no. let me ask you this, Andrew. Oh, I know he's never think. been to a Pro Bowl. No. But let me ask you this. If he can, be, if he can have a Reggie Wayne late season revival, mm-hmm. and let's say he can put up – Let's say he can he can he can put up in the next three years if he can if he can put up thirty one hundred yards and he can catch twenty five more touchdowns mm-hmm. that'll put him at almost a hundred touchdowns I think I think that would put him at ninety four could he be an Art Monk type Hall of Famer where he gets a late push if the Saints would win another title. I don't think so. I think the Hall of Fame weighs really heavily your resume. Uh, they, I think that wins matter the most. So I think you know if you've won Super Bowls, that matters. So if you won, if you were to win a second one, that would help. And be Super Bowl um, MVP. Yeah, Super Bowl MVP, obviously. But um, then I think Pro Bowl is kind of the second thing yeah. on the resume. So I think it's gonna be hard for him to make it if he doesn't get to a, at least one. Uh, but, I mean, most of these guys that are making Pro Bowls, I mean, Will Shields, the guard, I think he finally got in this year. I don't. He might not even be in yet. And he, he's been to, what, 12 Pro Bowls as a guard? Sorry, so he's been to, what, six? He's been to six. So I, I just think it's very hard to get into the Hall of Fame unless you're putting up, you know, all-world numbers. I mean, I, I just look at the guys that are in there, Isaac Bruce and, and – uh, you know, Marvin Harrison and Jerry Rice and Steve Largen. I mean, I, I just don't put him in, in that league. And, and that's, that's nothing against Colson. I love the guy. He's awesome. Probably the best Saints receiver in history. Um, but he is a little bit of a product of, of the Drew Brees, Sean Payton offense. Um, and, that, again, that's nothing against him. But uh, he, And he's never been to a Pro Bowl. And I, I think, you know, he, he's been the master of consistency, and he's done a really good job of being durable and, and keeping his body healthy and all that stuff. Um, but he, he's he's just been steady. You know, he's always kind of hovered around the 80-catch, 1,000-yard season, uh, and he's never really gone above that. He's never had one of those monster seasons, you know, 100 catches for 1,500 yards and, 
Yeah, fifteen touchdowns, and that—that—that's what I consider kind of the elite receivers. That kind of. So it's Colston is the best draft pick. Well, my vote, my vote is Jari Evans. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna say, you know, I I think he gets the raw deal here because of the position he plays. I think people don't. He's an offensive lineman. He's a guard, so people just don't. They don't see the stats. We're in a fantasy football era where we look at numbers and we we look at the box score and we see how many catches Colston had and we just assume that, you know, he's way better than Jari Evans because it's it's difficult for the average football fan. And that, for me, too, I mean, it's hard to really magnify what, what an offensive lineman does. Um, but I just think you look at Jari Evans, Marcus Colston has never been the best. He's never been better than Megatron. He's never been better than Larry Fitzgerald in his prime. Jari Evans, for at least a short time, was the best guard in the NFL, arguably the best offensive lineman in the NFL. And I, I think if you look at offensive linemen, he, he was closer to being a Drew Brees of his position than Colston was. And so I think if you compare the two, um, they're both they're, – they're the two best picks of the Sean Payton era without question. There's a reason they were seeded one and two. Um, but for me, six Pro Bowls – for me, this was an easy choice for Evans. Ah, well – it's Colston, but I cool. yeah, you I mean, made an impassioned plea, Andrew. I give you that. But hey, Colston's a great player, and I'm happy he won. All right, the thought he deserves recognition. All right, so Colston wins. Now we're gonna get we're gonna bang out some Twitter questions. Um, hopefully, Held will get back because I want to ask him this. All right, uh, the the first one. Okay, first Twitter. You lost him again. I lost him again. Um, let's see. Uh, do, do, do. Because all these pe- people, they asked some great questions and then people answered them. So in my timeline, I have to to uh, weed through people's answer. Okay, this is for you, Andrew. This is from Sports yep. Cajun. I'm driving over 2,100 miles with two <laughs> kids to go to a preseason CFL game. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, how crazy am I? Well, if 10 is crazy, like certifiable, I- I'd put you at a 9. Dude, like you, you, you might need to be committed. Dude, twenty one hundred miles. That's that's fucking far. That's like from that's that's from, like two days. That's two whole days of driving. Did he did he say two kids? Yeah, two kids yeah. to a CFL. How old are the kids? That's a guy. See, that's the key. See, you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. Well, yeah, it yeah, does. Because yeah. if if the kids if the kids are like if the kids are like twelve and fourteen. They'll just iPod. Then they're gonna be back way. there annoying the shit out of each other. No, they don't iPod that thing. Oh, she touched me, and he. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You gotta play. No, you definitely gotta play it, a, a if movie back there. If it's there. like a twelve and a fifteen-year-old, and they're like both girls or both boys, it, it, it could be not that difficult. <laughs> you know, but if it's like a four and a two-year-old, then that's just that's just not safe. <laughs> look, look. If you lived a hundred miles from a Canadian city having a CFL preseason game, I would say you're insane to drive to it. Come on, kids. I'm packing up the wagon. We're going to see the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. <laughs> I mean, that is – that is – that's banana towns. I, I mean, I almost don't believe that this is actually happening. No, it's a question. Held, are you back? Yes. All right. What's just, the question? The, the, you're well, still alive. That's this good. is the question I saved um, just for you. This is from uh, the Bitter – one one, which would you prefer, a nine interception rapist or a ten sack imbecile with no cab fare and a broken left tit? <laughs> wait, wait a minute, wait. Oh, a good. nine interception rapist. rapist, rapist, or a ten sack imbecile with no cab fare and a broken tit? I love a that bro- question. It might be the best question ever. I don't give yeah, it. I don't. Like the ten sack imbecile. It's just a joke. Would you rather have Darren Sharper and his nine interceptions, or Junior Gallette and his ten sacks? <clears throat> Junior Gallette. Ugh. Uh, that's a tough one, though. No, well, it's not. Not really. The day is mine. I'll take the rapist. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord. Ooh. Um. Let's see what other questions. Come on, that was oh, a Sean Connery joke. Yeah. Uh, can you name five players dumber than your – no. Can you – oh, Andrew, can you name five players dumber than Junior Gallette? Yeah, or it was just five people, right? Five people. 
Yeah, well, I was going to say my five-year-old son when he was two. <laughs> uh, that's one. Uh, I, I got four more. Jesus. Yeah. Bobby Jones. Uh, well, uh, Ray Nagin, he's up there. Um, Broussard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, we might have five in Louisiana. Yeah, I didn't fucking forget you, you shithead. <laughs> Rick, Rick Venturi. Goddamn right. I know Kevin hasn't forgotten him either. Uh, Ray Gregory. Or Randy Greg. What was that guy's name? Rand. Ted Gregory. Ted Gregory. Ted Gregory. Oh, uh, Dave, this question's for you. And this is from Mandala. Bill, Billy Kuharik. Yeah. You mean Monadula? Monadula. Um, Mondula. Mondula, whatever. Um, and this is a touchy one, but I'm going to go there anyway. Which oh saint or former saint is most likely to become a woman, a.k.a. Caitlyn Jenner? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Hmm. Scott Fujita? <laughs> um, I was trying to think of players with long hair. Mike McKenzie? Charlie? Maybe, yeah, maybe Mike McKenzie. He's already started the transition. No, I don't. I, I don't know. Oh, 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 oh. Um, you know who my pick is? Um, Hollis Thomas. He was always just kind of out there. and Yeah, he had a tongue uh, ring. Yeah, yeah, he exactly. SpongeBob, yeah. exactly. He wore SpongeBob square pants, underwear. Exactly. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah, yeah. I would go with Thomas Thomas. All right. He seems like a fun guy. This one's for me. I like I'm, this I'm going with Thomas Morstead. <laughs> oh, Lord. This one yeah, when a, he was growing his hair. This or one. maybe Drew Brees when he was growing his hair. <laughs> he kind of uh, had that, that Bruce Jenner look. Um, what? What? The over under on Ralph messing up his own kid's name. Hmm, that's a tough one. We're, see, this is the thing. Me and my wife were were, were debating names. I want to go old time names that are simple, like like Jack, like Jackson, or. Oliver. I'm surprised Ralph isn't naming his son Mike Detilia. I might, might. You never know. Or Oliver. Or Maxwell, good sturdy, simple names. We can't go, can't go weird. But we'll see. Is your, please tell me your wife is lobbying for Jose. No, no. <laughs> or Manny. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, she said it's. I'm pretty okay. sure Manny is short for Emmanuel. She's okay with me naming, having a junior naming it Ralph Lane, which is my name. But I say I'm, I'm not worthy of having another human being named after me. So we can't go that route. So. What about Junior? Junior. <laughs> Winner. No. No. Milky, she says. Like Milky Cabrera. <laughs> We're going to have – we'll do that in the summer. We'll have the name – we'll have the name Ralph Baby Tournament. We'll, we'll see. Oh, that'll be great. We'll see that son of a gun. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll have my wife come in and she can, she can interject. Um, yeah. She she will be the one to break all ties. How 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 high of a seed do you think Tabucky will be? Oh, he's like a he's like a twelve seed. Yeah. Yeah. What about how about Pamphalon now, bro? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 my fa- my favorite new site is the Baby Name Wizard. It tracks the popularity of a name the last hundred yeah. years, and it yeah. tells you like what year the na- your, a certain name peaked. The name Ralph peaked in like nineteen seventeen. Of course it did. Of course, of course. And the Woodrow Wilson administration. Uh, and you've been behind the times ever since. Uh, any Saint Sations? <laughs> Says the guy who's never seen Scarface. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any Saint Sations to come on the podcast next? Can we hook her up with Kevin if he goes dating again? Oh God. Um, Kevin. Yes, we can. Kevin. So if <laughs> yes, we can. Kevin, if Goodell replaces the lawyer in any lawyer joke, who does Galette replace? I'm the Polish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. That's a good idea. <laughs> the Polish. 
I'll go with Wait, that. are are you are you on the market, Kevin, or is the lovely lady we had on the podcast uh, officially taking you off of dating sites? Uh, I am not on dating sites, but here's the thing: like, <clears throat> um, this is a short-term thing because she's moving at the end of the summer. Ah. Uh-huh. So this so is not, this so, is so you're committed until she leaves. Until August. And she can't stay over at your place because it's a flop house. No, no, no. The house <laughs> itself is fine. Just, you know, it's what's outside the house that's not so fine. All right. Um, this podcast, we, we had... Sh- we should have a sensation on here. We should. We've had, we've had, we had Stan Verrett and we had a possible homicide. <laughs> so, I mean, this, this show, it's the greatest podcast we've ever had, I think. Yeah, what the fuck? What the? How the fuck did y'all land Stan Verrett? What is Stan Verrett doing coming in here, uh, hanging with the with the two of you? Because he's a crazy lunatic Saints fan, and he wanted to. Talk, he as a, as probably as an ESPN anchor, all he ha- all he gets to do is read highlights and do news. With for us, he got to be a crazy Saints fan for twenty minutes. Oh God bless him, man. It was That's long. Good. It was almost thirty. He gave us. Look at that. That's commitment right there. It is. It is commitment. That hey, guy loves guys, the, that guy loves the Saints. Him, did you guys ask him to, like, record a, a bumper or anything? Oh, we should have. Oh, oh, damn it. God. We are not. See, this is why y'all need to consult me on this. I, I know. I know. Damn. They just, they just go, they go right into it, and they do, they do no well, research. They don't talk about it. We're going to have him back in the fall. Yeah. We're gonna Fine. Bump, bumpers. Oh. Every guest going forward. Every guest. I don't care if it's fucking Steve from from down the street who runs a fucking taco stand on Magazine Street that Dave fucking likes. And this guy has stories about how he used to sell programs back at Tulane Stadium back in the late 60s. They're doing bumpers. Everybody Ooh, tomorrow's Taco bumpers. Tuesday. We should have Sean Pamphlong do a bumper for us. <laughs> that could probably happen. It probably would. He'd probably, do a bump. He'd probably do a bumper in 25 minutes on this podcast for a... Uh, Mexican pizza from Taco Bell. Alright, I guess that's it for this podcast. So, um, that's all the questions we had? That's all the questions we had, I think. And we're, we're like, we're, this podcast is like at 80 minutes almost. Yep. Alright. So, go to Saints Nation. Andrew's got. Congratulations to Marcus Colston. Yeah, congratulations to Marcus Colston. We, go to Saints Nation. Andrew's got articles and stuff. Go to Canal Street Chronicles. Dave has his many minions writing, turning out content. Um, and Kevin, I don't know if he's, he's not on OKCupid, he's not on Tinder. He's on Twitter. I'm and, in your dreams. And he might do, he might do a power pull. He might. We can only yeah, ways, ways to die. Ways to die in the Midwest. <laughs> oh, my God. Kevin, don't go near the chalk outline. Cops get very antsy. That I want. I don't want to see you tased. You know. So, for Andrew, for Dave, for Kevin, uh, I'm Ralph. Uh, until next week, be well. Don't tase me, bro. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. 
so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.